0: Rule every random chance Take off your coat and stay a while We're rolling that deep percent time
1: Hey Dave, Um, hope you're well Um, I was just checking out that Kickstarter that you backed Um yeah, feel like I really missed out on that one. Um, a nice little uh, humble pitch there and uh, a very interesting looking game that, uh, well, I'll just have to wait until it becomes available to those of us who don't have our finger on the pulse. <laughs> anyway, um, hope your busy week goes well. Take care and speak soon.
0: Starting with a call in there from Spencer, three for all from Keep Off the Borderlands. Thanks, Spencer. Yes, talking at the end of that busy week, uh, I've survived it. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Spencer is referring to King of Dungeons, which I mentioned very excitedly about a week ago and promised a review uh the jury is out on king of dungeons i'll be i'll be honest why king of dungeons having back the kickstarter is in that is in that zone between release of pdf to backers and sending of pdf off to print this is a magical zone a new space which has been which has been created really by this uh research well this um Ascendance of of the digital format and the digital ahead of print format, which I think for RPGs is really good, because it provides a little providing you leave, you keep that zone long enough, it provides a really good opportunity to pick up typos, rules errata, things like that, and uh, yeah, so a lot for King of Dungeons is riding on what happens in that space. I am absolutely prepared to be this game's biggest fan. Uh, It looks to be um, a version of the Archmage engine that addresses a lot of the issues that I I had with 13th Age and I'm really, really ready to be absolutely evangelical about this game. Uh, And I will say that Baz has been very responsive to my various queries about... Um, presentation of the rules and some other things Uh, and i'm really hoping that i'm going to be able to report some really good things there but as i say that is up in the air at the moment and i'll hang on to the review probably for another couple of weeks so thanks again spencer otherwise what you're getting today is something i recorded uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, and wasn't in any particular hurry to put out because I had lots of things lined up, which is wonderful. Um, but hearing Glenn this morning talk about um, adversity um, between players and GMs and uh, misfortunes inflicted on players, uh, it seemed like the right time to put out these thoughts on smart play which, uh, which cover some similar ground. So that's what you're getting today. I mentioned Glen there, I was of course referring to Radio Grognard or as uh, everyone now refers to it because of malodorous miasma meltdown, Radio Grandpa.
1: Oh, I'm gonna talk for a little bit. Might end up being a bit of a ramble, something I've been meaning to talk about for a while it pulls together a few things firstly i never got my act together to to come up with anything for for, for colin's couple of episodes on players player player styles preferred player styles um so this is relating to that a bit belated also i've been interested in the various discussions i think glenn and um, Eric Tenkar some other people have been having about role-playing your attributes your intelligence attributes smart characters stupid characters so there's something there and I think it also ties in with the thoughts I've been having about what kind of experience role-playing actually is you know linked to my recent recent discussions about whether it's like acting or whether it's something else so I've been thinking about what what constitutes smart play? How important is smart play? I hear a couple of other people um talking about you know um character deaths um you know the characters had they had lots of chances they had you know they had plenty of chances but they they there were bad tactics they made some bad calls you know they paid the price and that's that's how it goes. you hear that kind of kind of stuff. Um, also, I've been thinking about uh, thinking about my black hat game, and I think my inbuilt <laughs> my inbuilt you know this instinct I have that I really need to 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 at least you know draw make explicit and be aware of the, this instinct I've got to to keep keep characters alive at all costs. Um, I know other other GMs don't necessarily have that instinct, um, but yeah, so smart play and. I'm going to maybe circle in a lot of different directions and come to where I, you know, home in on what what I actually want to say. But thinking back to an experience I had as a player in a shadow run game and uh, I don't know, we were doing a run. We'd got our we'd got our job. We were all kitted out, we'd made our plans, the group of us, and we moved into this compound. And I can't remember whether there are indicators in the description that the GM gave me, but my character sort of advanced into the compound immediately. immediately dice were rolled <laughs> nothing I could do about it and uh, my character took a bullet in the head, a sniper bullet in the head and was immediately dead, end of <laughs> I'd spent a lot of time rolling up that character we played a few sessions and I don't know, maybe after the session probably not, I was probably badly behaved it was probably right on the spot, I was like oh come on I didn't even have a, I didn't even have a chance of avoiding that and just laid out my character I remember the GM said well look, you were you were dopey. You had all the warnings. You must have known, you know, you're a, you're, a, you're a hardened mercenary. You've got to expect there's going to be snipers up on the roof. And I don't know, I kind of thought, well, fair enough. Stupid Dave. I feel that a lot in games. Lots of things that people think are obvious. I never seem to see as obvious. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I've got no issues about that. I was like, well, fair enough. I, I, me, the player, I probably could have thought of that. But then I also thought, well, if my character is... This hardened, excellent expert—that my character sheet and my background description and all the points I've spent—points uh, I've spent—says he is. Then he'd have known about the snipers, you know. So I, so I said to the GM, like, couldn't you have, couldn't you have warned me, the player, about something that my character would have, would have thought about, or at least give me a role or give me a, give me a stronger clue? I don't know. Not not particularly interested in (laughs) in debating the rights and wrongs of of that particular GM with with whom we had a lot of good play, both as as me as a GM for him and as a player in his games. It just really exemplifies the kind of situation that I'm thinking about. You know, what constitutes smart play? How smart should we expect players? So this isn't even so much about, do we roleplay play if our character has a low intelligence stat or, you know, how much does it matter? But it's all of those things. It's links to what I was saying in my traps episode. You know, the, the instinct that players have got to constantly be saying, I check for traps, I check for traps, I check for traps. And almost it's, you're almost inclined to punish them on those occasions when they don't say, I check for traps. Oh, you didn't check for traps. You didn't check for traps, you sprung the trap. Um, I just kind of think, look, if, if your character is the thief, the rogue, whatever, their unique selling point is they are always on the lookout for traps and, and a lot less gets by them than gets by the other characters, then you, do, you don't want to punish a player for not saying a check for traps. You want to just assume that that character is always doing that thing that they excel at. Or at least that's my, that's my line on that. So... Yeah. So, so as I say, I'm circling, but I'm getting to where I want to go. I think so. So, I, that's something I don't enjoy as a player, particularly, is the feeling that there were that there were clues laid out for me. There was a problem, um, and if I, as the player, had had more of a puzzle-solving mind or had been more alert to the clues I've got a terrible memory anyway I write things down even as a GM I'm so reliant on my notes <laughs> or else I've got no idea what happened in the last session I do have problems with my memory but um you know I just don't go, I don't I don't want the game to turn into a puzzle yeah and, it, and I think this depends it's what it's what GMs want from their players but when I'm thinking about role playing as a as a shared storytelling experience um and that's an experience where you know smart players can really excel but i think what i'm what i'm expecting from smart players is not necessarily that they're going to that they're going to spot all the clues that the gm has laid out for them but they're going to be they're going to be creating they're going to be creating what do you want for your players you know if there's a mystery there to be solved you want your players to be to be dynamically moving forward you know you want them to follow leads you want them to go in those directions but i don't necessarily want to Want to have, to have them solve puzzles or to punish them for not solving puzzles. But I appreciate part of the old school experience is those devious traps where players are rewarded for coming up with cunning ways of, of resolving the traps. But I think the, the cunning that I want is imagination. You know, I want, them to, I want them to be creative, I want them to say, wow, what if we tried this, what if we do this? I don't want them to necessarily know or remember the cues or to have the extensive knowledge of the game world or to have extensive professional knowledge of the kind of character they're playing such that they'd come up with the right stuff to avoid getting shot in the head by a sniper. <laughs> and on that, I think I'll end that bit, but I'll be keen to hear what people have to say about it. Yeah, I said I'd ended, but I've got some some closing thoughts. Well, I think there's a difference. There's a difference between a GM who puts down the clues and wants the players to find the clues. I never much. I'm going to make an admission. I never much enjoyed Call of Cthulhu. I played it a couple of times, and I always felt I was scrabbling around looking for the clues. Um, and maybe there are a couple of um, there are a couple of more sort of indie indie-influenced Cthulhu games out there now. I haven't seen them. Um, even the one that used these sort of esoteric what was it, the gumshoe system. That, again, was, these are the clues. There are lots of different ways you can find them, but these are the clues. And uh, I think there's a difference between games where the GM puts out the clues and wants the players to find the clues, and a GM in a more free-form game where you just put the stuff out there, and really, anything could be a clue. And I think that's what I want. I want players who are just constantly looking around for clues, but they could be—you know—anything could be a clue, and it could be a clue to anything. And I, as a GM, am, I'm wanting to to listen and be responsive to that. I like that. Oh yeah, I didn't see it going that way. Moment, and I kind of—that's—that's that's what I enjoy doing as a player. And uh, maybe it's just a weakness in me that I just get a bit disgruntled if if. You know, something I'm doing for my hobby has become yet another experience. <laughs> I have enough trouble in my professional life uh, trying trying to work stuff out and do research. And if I feel my game has become yet another experience where where the GM is really feeling that I should have I should have spotted some clues or I should have treated a trap a particular way if I was if I was smart enough, I don't know. I just gets my back up. <laughs>
0: all right so that's it from me today i'm dave aldridge you're listening to deeper Percentile. say thanks again to spencer for the call in. oh uh, i'd also like to mention that you can i've put it in the show notes you can find i've been talking for a while about my uh phantoms of the coral cave adventure which i i podcasted about a few weeks ago now uh finally sorted out all my bits with um with sharing it and uh, and uh, using the black hack product identity and things like that, so there is a link in the show notes to somewhere that you can download that PDF if you're interested in having a look at what I produced. I need to say thank you to T J Drennan for the theme tune, and otherwise, until I talk to you again, keep rolling on those random tables.